Guess what we're going to talk about today? Running our race. Everybody get your Bible ready. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to start a brand new series this morning. And the series is entitled Weighed Down. Weighed Down. Let go and let God. I believe that, uh, again, as I said at the, at the very beginning, I, I truly believe that God wants to do something incredible in 2023. And there's no shortage on his end. It's always on our end. Whenever you experience a disconnect in your relationship with God, it is not something that's his responsibility. It always is our responsibility. God is already there. He's already determined what he wants done. And our job is to align ourselves with what God wants to do. And so today, we're going to kick off this new series. And today's message is entitled, Run the Race. Everybody say, Run the Race. Run the race. Hebrews chapter 12. It's already been read, but I'm not going to hit anybody with it. I'm going to just read it with you now. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Everybody say, lay aside. Lay aside. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us or entangle us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. Now as we get into this series this morning, uh, over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about things that weigh us down. So, so I told the early service, put, put it in this perspective, we're all starting a weight loss campaign today. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about spiritual weights, not physical weights. And so we're going to talk about those things that weigh us down. Now, when you start reading in the New Testament in particular, Paul, the apostle, oftentimes when he starts talking about our journey that we're on, and every one of us is on a journey of faith, he, start, he likens it oftentimes to a, a race. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he's writing to the Corinthian believers, and here's what he says. He said, he asked them, he said, do you not know that, that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? And then he goes on and exhorts them. He says, so run that you may obtain it. In other words, we're all running. Run to win. I've never met anybody that said, hey, pastor, I'm going to enter into this race, and if I do everything wrong, I can come in last place. I've never met anybody. that. Is, now, you may have done that, but I've never met anybody that set out with the goal of being in last place. Most people, if they enter into a competitive event, they want to be first. They want to, so Paul said, look, we're all running a race, run to win, run to win. In 2 Timothy, Paul, uh, chapter 4, Paul is nearing the end of his life. And so he's talking uh, to Timothy, he's writing to Timothy, and he's giving him some instruction. And, and here's what he says, here's the summation of his life. He said, I have fought the good fight. And what did he say? I finished the race. I finished the race. And he said, I kept the faith. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, says, But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall what? They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And again, Paul, in, in the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul is writing to the, uh, the church of Galatia, and, and he, asked, he basically says this. He said, hey, you were running well. Who hindered you? Something happened to them. They were running the race well. Something happened and hindered them, and they're no longer obeying the truth. And so Paul says, hey, you were doing okay. What happened? 
I think if Paul was to speak to the church of America or Western culture today, it would be this word here. You were running well, what happened to you? You were doing so well, what happened to you? What hindered you? Because today the church is anemic. Again, you can challenge that if you want to, but we have people that walk in laden down and heavy laden and they walk out the same way they came in. We have people that walk in sick and infirm and they walk out sick and infirm. And the Bible tells us when Jesus shows up, something happens. And Paul would say, you were doing okay. What happened to you? What happened? You know, in this series, we're going to look at things that slow us down and, and impede our Christian journey. And, and the writer of Hebrews in our text, he denotes there are two things that can affect our journey. One of them is sin. Everybody say sin. It's just an ugly sounding word, sin. And the other one is weights. Again, it denotes two things. There's two things that will slow you down or hinder you from becoming the man or woman God created you to be. That sin or weights. And they both have the same effect. Now, I think most of us understand sin. Even the word itself is, is really, you know, it's... I mean, it just gives you this image of something bad, sin, like sinister, serpent, you know. We know that. Sin brings us down. It makes us feel icky, right? You know, we get our hand caught in the cookie jar. I love watching little kids that are learning to discover their new emotions. (laughs) You did that. No, it was them, (laughs) you know, learning how to pass the buck. Sin brings us down, makes us feel bad. But you know what? Waits. Are a different story. Weights are a different story. Think about weights. Weights are not necessarily sinful, and that's where the challenge is. Sin, we understand. Sin makes us feel bad. Sin requires our repentance, forsaking of what we were doing. But weights are altogether different because weights are not necessarily sinful. Okay, they they. But what they do have is the potential of slowing us down in the race that we've been called to run. You ever seen a runner? I mean, if you've ever any track and field people here. Anybody ever done track and field? Okay, so one of the things in track and field, one of the things they do today is they, they, they wear as little as possible. You know why? They want to become as aerodynamic as they possibly can. In fact, there are research firms that actually spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions a year, trying to, they, they want to figure out the type of, of thread to use in, their, in, the, in the clothes, the outfits. They want to, uh, again, they're, they're investigating what slows us down. I thought, man, isn't that interesting that the world understands that when you have excess weight, it slows you down. And the church, we just kind of totally ignore it and just keep trying on. Listen, that's why I'm saying we're doing a weight loss campaign starting today. I mean, these weights, again, are anything that has the ability of slowing us down or impeding our progress. Now, the weights could be attitudes that are entrenched in us. How many know somebody with a bad attitude? Yeah, some of you are scared to raise your hand. <laughs> you know, there, there are people that... Uh, there are people that have bad attitudes. They need an attitude adjustment. I mean, we, we have to be honest about that. Uh, how about behavior that is unpleasing to the Lord? I hear people all the time say, well, you got to understand, preacher, that's just the way I am. Well, he came to change the way you am. Amen? We're new creations in Christ. <laughs> you might have been like that, but he wants to make you something different. So a weight could be an attitude. It could be a behavior. It could simply be a lackadaisical attitude about your faith. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I got saved when I was five. Good enough back then, still good enough right now. You know, that's a weight, okay? Anything that hinders us from becoming the man or woman that God created us to be is either a weight or a sin, and it has the same effect. It stops us from being who God created us to be. Now, 
Before we were born, and you know this, I've said it all the time, before you were born, God knew you. Jeremiah tells us that while you were in your mother's womb, he knew you, he has your whole life. Do you know God knew I was going to be born on November the 29th, 1965? He knew that. And you know what else he knows? He knows my expiration date, whatever that is, today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, whatever. He knows. Before I was born, he mapped it out. Before I was born, he set the course. He called me on purpose, with purpose. And you've heard me say it for many, many times. Every one of us here today and everyone watching online this morning, we were born on purpose, with purpose, regardless of the circumstance of your birth. I get so tired of hearing people talk about, well, I was a mistake. I wasn't planned. I was an oops. No, you're here because God wanted you here. God willed you here. You were born on purpose with purpose, and of that you have a destiny. God has a plan, and the Bible makes it clear that while God has a plan for us, we have an adversary. Everybody say adversary. The Bible says that he's like a, a lion, a roaring lion, roaming about, doing what? Seeking someone to devour. John tells us in John 10, 10 that he's a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So understand this. God has a destiny for each and every one of us here this morning. That means you have a purpose and a reason for being. I don't care what somebody has told you. I don't care what some bully at school has told you that you won't amount to anything. I don't even care if your parents have told you that you'll never amount to anything. I'm here to tell you that you are here today on purpose with purpose ordained by God. But you also have an adversary who wants to steal your destiny. He wants to kill your dreams and he wants to destroy your potential in Christ. And he will work overtime to ensure that he does that. If he can weigh us down with superfluous things or unnecessary things, you know what? He can distract us from running our race with determination. Have you ever seen somebody in a track and field event, and when they get in the starting block and they shoot out of that thing, they're not running like this. You know why? Because it'll slow them down, it'll hinder their race, because that's distracting. You see athletes today, they're not, they're not I, I watched a tennis match the other day, I'm not a big tennis guy, but I happen to be uh, tuned in to the An Andrew Murray tennis match, they were playing the Australian Open, that match went for six hours. Yeah, that's what I said, I'd be dead. Six hours straight playing tennis. Six hours, but you know what I didn't see? I didn't see him standing down there on the court there in Australia hitting that ball. And Why? Because he would have lost. He would have been distracted from the task at hand. How many believers today are trying to run our race like this? Distracted from the race we've been called to run. Again, you've heard me say for years, there's so many things in the periphery that are, that are vying for our time and our attention. There's always things saying, fix me, weed me, prune me, mow me, go here, go here, do this, do that. And, it, and it's distracting from what God has created us to do. And if the enemy can do that, he can steal our destiny, he can kill our dreams, and, and effectively he can kill, keep us from running the race. So let me ask you this morning, are you weighed down right now? Are you carrying excess weight? Now, I'm not talking physical, I'm talking spiritually. Are you carrying excess spiritual weight? And that weight has slowed you down. Are, are your shoulders this morning stooped from carrying loads that were not meant for you? See, again, I understand human nature. We take ownership of things that God never intended for us to take ownership of. 
And there's so many people, you can't see it, but if you were to spiritually see what's going on, there are people that are stooped over right now with the cares of life, their cares, and then everybody else's cares heaped upon their shoulders. And they're do it's like the old Atlas, the, the old Atlas, you see the old Atlas, Atlas with the world on his shoulders, you know, and he's just kind of stooped over. There are people sitting here right now, and there's people online right now that are carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. God never designed you to do that. And you know what that does? The weight of the world has been placed upon you and you have slowed in your journey. You're not running efficiently. You're not running effectively. You've got excess weight on you and it's time to come off. Amen? Has your race been impaired? Again, runners shed excess things so they can get the optimum of running. The reality is this, weights come in all shapes and sizes. They're small weights, they're medium weights, they're heavy weights, and then they're stupidly, ridiculously heavy weights, <laughs> right? Weights come in all, in every one of us. I mean, for some people, they're carrying a small weight, and with a little effort, they could get rid of it, you know? Every, I went to the, <laughs> I started the gym. I mean, I've been going to the gym for a long time. I know I'm not the picture of a, I told them, don't put my picture up there. I've been going to the gym for 20 years. I probably look the same. I've been saying I wanted to lose 20 pounds for 20 years. Now it's probably 25 pounds. But I still go to the gym. And I went the first week of January, like I, like I always do. I go every day when I can. And, and I went to the gym. And I walked into the gym, and there was no machine to be had. There were people everywhere. And I thought, wow, a lot of people got gym memberships for Christmas. And that New Year's resolution is to do what? Lose weight. And I talked to the lady at the, at the counter, and I said, man, everybody. She said, yeah, but it won't last but a couple weeks. You know what? I went in there the other day. I could have picked anything I wanted. Nobody there or very few there. See, some people carry just a little bit extra weight, and they want to get it off, but with a little, in a, with a little bit of help, they can. But then there are others that have weights that are more significant and it's going to require greater effort. But here's the thing. Victory can be ours if we were willing to put, put, willing to put the effort in. I, I don't know who said this, but years ago there was a saying that said that so many people today miss opportunities because they come dressed in coveralls and look like work. Right? And, and, and again, you can apply that to every area of your life. You could be a better disciple of Christ if you put in the time. You could be a better husband if you put in the time. You could be a better wife if you put in the time. You could be a better parent if you put in the time. You could be a better disciple of Christ if you put the time in. You know, we want to look over and see Sunday School Sally or Deacon Dan or Elder Eddie, and we want to marvel at their spiritual aptitude, but you're not there in the dark hours of the night. You weren't walking with them through the deep, dark valleys that they, that they uh, when they were alone and shedding tears and crying out to God, you weren't there. You see the finished product and say, that's what I want, and you want a pill to get there. You know, that's where we are. We live in a culture today that wants a pill for everything. And, and again, I'm talking about weighed down. I don't mean anything. So, so think about the weight loss, the weight loss uh, industry today in, in, in America. Every week, every month, it seems like, they come out with a new weight loss gimmick. It's another pill that says, if you take this pill, you don't have to watch what you eat, and you don't have to exercise a day in your life. 
and you drop the weight and hear people to prove it. Listen, let me, let me just give you a theological term to help you out. It's, it, it's spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A, baloney. If they try to sell you something that you don't have to watch what you eat and you don't have to do, lift a, a dumbbell or a barbell or walk a mile, nonsense. But you see, that's where we are in our culture. Everybody wants a quick silver bullet fix. And we bring that into our spiritual life and we say, you know what? I want, to be a, I want to be a teacher when I still need to be a student. I want to be on steak when I still need peas. <laughs> right? That's where we are. You know, it's like, again, here's the old saying that if the pain of remaining the same exceeds the pain of change, we'll change. My, my spin on that is this. If you get tired of the same self-destructive patterns of your life and the same cycle that repeats year after year after year, you'll do something about it. You'll do something about it. If the, if the calendar flips from one year to the next to the next and the situation of your life is still the same, at some point, you'll change. You'll get so fed up with being in that same spot. Remember, I talked about ruts a couple weeks ago. A rut, remember what a rut is? A rut is just a grave with both ends kicked out. And there are people that are living in ruts. Well, that's what this series is about. Let me ask you, what are your dreams? What are your dreams for 2023? Where do you want to end up, should the Lord tarry, at the end of this year? If the Lord doesn't come back in the rapture, on December the 31st, as you look back over this year, where do you want to be? I'm talking about your relationship with the Lord. Do you want to continue to be on that same merry-go-round that goes round and round and round? You know, and you're, you're, you have movement, but you're not making any progress. Or do you want to be nearer to him than you are right now? Listen, for some people, 2022 was a fantastic year. Man, they finished the year, everything, they had, it was great. They accomplished many great things. They did many great things. And, and so they're beginning the year from a position of strength. Great. But you know what? There are other people that didn't have a good 2023 or 2022. There are, there, there are people that are not starting in that spot. There are people that have struggled in 2022. They had heartache. They had disappointment. They had loss. They had betrayal. They had all kinds of things. And so they're starting 2023 from a position of disappointment and frustration. And so in our text this morning, the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews, again, comparing our, spirit, our, race, our spiritual journey to a race, he emphatically tells us to lay aside. Now, that's important because it denotes one thing. We have a responsibility. Lay aside. That means I have to lay aside. Jesus, the, the word says, cast all your cares upon me. Why? Because I care for you. But who's got the responsibility? I do. I take those things. Take, what is the old song? Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. How many people take their burdens to the Lord, but when they get up, they take them right back on and take them out? He said, lay aside. You, take the initiative. Lay aside every weight and sin that encumbers you and run that race. As a Christian, you need to understand this race is more important than any other thing in our lives. It is more important. This race is not a competition with others. It is a challenge for us individually. You see, my, my race I'm running, I'm not trying to be better than anybody else. I'm just trying to finish my race. 
I'm going to be judged when I get to heaven at the beam of Christ. I'm not going to be judged on somebody else's race. I'm going to be judged on my race. Did you run well? Did you finish? It's my responsibility. Again, it's not a matter of winning. It's a matter of finishing our individual race. Far too many people have started out the race only to be sidetracked and become disqualified. And there's so many things, <coughs> pardon me, there's so many things to try to disqualify us. In fact, Paul uh, mentions a guy in, in, in 2 Timothy, he actually talks about a guy who actually started out as a faithful ministry companion. But as, he, as time went on, this guy got distracted by many things. In fact, in, in, he told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.10, he said, Damas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, if you look at the first reference of Damas, he was a faithful ministry companion of the Apostle Paul. Part of his ministry, uh, uh, ministry team, part of the, the, the people that he, he traveled with and, and, and did missionary assignments. He was a faithful laborer for the kingdom of God. But something happened. He was one of those that Paul could have said, he ran well, but something hindered him. Damas has forsaken me. Why did he forsake him? Having loved this present world. See, that's the reality of the church in Western culture is we have dug into the world rather than let it go. If Jesus were to come up to us and ask us, like he did the rich man, sell everything you have, give to the poor, what would you do? Don't answer that I don't, because I don't want you to have to go and repent of lying. <laughs> See, today we're so ingrained in the things of the world, the status symbols of the world, we're so ingrained in that that we don't hold loosely to the things of this world. We don't keep our eyes focused on that which really matters. You see, because there's so many things clamoring for our time and our attention, sometimes it's very difficult to filter out secondary issues and focus on the main thing. Jesus said to Martha in Luke chapter 10, he said, Martha, you are worried, encumbered, hindered by many things. But Mary chose the one thing. What was that? Being with him. Being with him. Martha, you got so many irons in the fire. You've got so many things. And you know what all that? It, he wasn't condemning her busyness. He was condemning her distractions. Martha, you are worried about many things. And in that worry, you're neglecting me. Mary's chosen to be with me. Isn't it amazing? There's a song that says the things of this world. You know, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glory and his grace. And the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. What does that mean? It means those mountains, those molehills that we turn into mountains, if you get, get your eyes fixed on him, they turn back into molehills. To us, they're mountains. But when you see them in the right perspective, they're molehills and they're nothing to fret. Take an inventory of your life. See what's weighing you down this morning. Again, we're going to be looking at individual things, specific things over the next few weeks. This morning, I'm just saying, hey, what's weighing you down? The first step to recovery is to recognize I've got an issue. If you're still in the same spot that you've always been, you've got a problem. And as soon as we acknowledge that we've got an issue, the quicker we can get on the road to recovery. Denial never helped anybody. Amen? Denial never helped anybody. You know, Michael, a couple, Dr. Michael Richardson a couple weeks ago said, kept saying, shake it off. Shake it off. 
You know, at some point, we've got to take that word and just say, you know what? Uh, shake that stuff off. Amen. Get rid of that stuff. Quit being consumed by things that you can't control. Amen? Take an inventory. See what's weighing you down. What, what are you hanging on to right now that hinders you from experiencing all that God has for you? And only you can answer that. See, the problem is that from a spiritual perspective, extra weight is not always easy to recognize. You ever gone into the closet and pulled out a pair of clothes, a pair of slacks or something, and put them on and thought, man, these things shrunk. <laughs> right? I, gotta, I don't know about you, but I have a washing machine that's notorious for shrinking my own clothes. It might be the brand of, of, of laundry soap or something like that. See, some of you got the same one. Sometimes the excess weight is hard to recognize, especially when it comes to spiritual excess weight. Again, oftentimes our efforts to change fail, and here's what we do. We kind of get locked into this cycle because we say we want to change, but we never do make the effort to change. And we just get stuck on that merry-go-round, and it's round and round, and every year we say the same thing. In January, we say this year's going to be different. We mean it, we plan to, but we don't put the time in, and we keep going round and round and round and round. And you know what? We don't go anywhere. Our text, again, the writer says that we're to lay aside every weight. Some translations call that encumbrance. An encumbrance. Something that hinders. It's like running. There are some guys that run with a weighted vest on. I think that, I guess that's cool. I, I, I carry enough weight. I don't need to add weight to run. Right? Right? I, I'm, I'm trying to run to lose weight. I don't need more weight on me to run, you know? So, so he said, lay aside every weight to get rid of the encumbrance. It's anything that keeps us from living the abundant Christian life that Christ came to give us. Again, I'm convinced that Western Church has not tapped into the abundance that Jesus has purchased for us. Because we bought into a lie. We bought into this, uh, you know, we want to, and I don't have time to preach that, but we, we bought into something that's not true gospel. Jesus said, I came to give you life in all of its fullness, and yet we're still struggling with scraps from the table. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to pull up a chair to the table where the master says, come and dine, and I'm not looking for breadcrumbs, and I'm not looking for droppings off the table onto the floor. I'm looking for the banquet feast that he's prepared for those who love him, and it's time for the church to understand our position is not under the table. It's not on the floor. It's, at the, it's in his seat at the table of the Lord where the banquet's been prepared. That's our position. And until we recognize it, we'll not, we'll not run efficiently and we'll not run effectively. Listen, anything that keeps Christ from being glorified in our lives is a weight that will slow us down. Again, a weight is not necessarily sinful. But it has the capacity of derailing our race and our, uh, that we're running. The writer says, lay it aside. Why is that important? Because it means I have a responsibility. A lot of times we want to sit there. We want the silver bullet fix. Well, if God wants me to do it, then he'll just, no, there's some things you've got to do. There's some things you've got to take the bull by the horn and say, come on, I'm going to take care of this. I'm not going to be in the same spot next week that I am right now. I'm not going to be in the same position next year that I am right now. Take the bull by the horns and go ahead and cut the bull and be free. We have to take the responsibility. He said, lay it aside. And me, again, if this is going to be your banner year, lay aside the right, your right to be offended. Woo, that preach. 
man, I've never seen a generation that's so mm, full of pansies. I'm, I'm telling you. You sneeze wrong and they get mad. You park wrong, they get mad. You say something wrong, they get mad. You watch the wrong show, they get mad. This year, listen to me, somebody's going to make you mad. If you've not been mad yet, hang on, because you're about to be. Somebody's going to make you mad. What I'm saying is that if you're going to have a banner year in 2023, go ahead right now and make up your mind. Go ahead and make up your mind right now that you're not, you're going to lay aside your right to be offended. What did Jesus say? He said, bless them and pray for them. Bless and don't curse. I know, we're all, <laughs> we're, we're, we're raised southern, mostly. We lay hands on people, suddenly. <laughs> Just get rid of your right to be offended. Lay a, listen, lay, a, lay aside your insistence that things go your way. Mm, man, I could preach a long time on these, I can't. Lay aside your anger. And your resentment towards others, lay aside that language that you use at work or at home. Lay aside those habits that dishonor God rather than honor Him. If you'll take the bull by the horns and start saying, hey, today I'm going to be different. Some of you know my story. I used to have a filthy mouth. When I, when I went into the military back in 1985, I was away from the Lord at that time. I was a, I was a reprobate, and it was there in the military where God got a hold of me. I had a filthy mouth. I mean, I, I didn't know there were more words in the la English language than the ones I spoke. <laughs> and God got a hold of me one day and said, boy, I can't, I can't use you like that. You're going to have to clean your mouth up. I can't, I can't use you like that. And so I made a daily prayer. I've shared this with you before. I would get up every single day and I would say, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing, acceptable, honoring in your sight. And then I would go through this prayer, Lord, anoint my eyes to see as you see, anoint my ears to hear your voice, anoint my lips to speak your words, my hands to touch as you touch, and my feet to go where you call me to go. I prayed that every single day. You know what happened? I don't know when it was, but several months later, I realized I hadn't said, I hadn't, I hadn't said a cuss word, I hadn't swore, I hadn't done any of that. Because every day I made my decision, I'm going to start today to honor God. Oh, there were times, I'm sure I blew it, but I, went, got, I got right back. To, on the, I, I fell off the horse, off the wagon, I got right back on it. And you've heard me say this before, my children grew up in my house and never heard their father swear. Because way back when, I made a decision that, you know what, I want to be different. And I need God's help. But you know what I was doing? I was laying aside. That's not for condemnation, okay? I'm just sharing my story. I started laying aside. Uh, again, he said, lay aside your weights and your sin. We know sin, sin. Listen, if you've got unconfessed sin in your life, there's nothing that will short-circuit God's power quicker than that. You pray and you pray and you pray and you wonder why you're in the same spot. Listen, you've got sin. Sin, and we can talk about sin of omission, sin of commission. There's sin in your life. Get rid of it. Take the bull by the horns. Get rid of it. And start running your race. Listen, there's nothing that will stop you dead in your tracks spiritually like sin. Sin cuts off the power of God in your life and it sabotages your future until you plead the blood. The modern Christian, and I believe this, is plagued with sin. 
The modern church today is plagued with sin. It almost appears that we have, the church has no power to defeat sin, its influence in our lives. It's almost like we walk around and we're doormats for the devil. That's not what I read in the Bible. In fact, in fact I love what Paul wrote in, second, uh, excuse me, in Romans chapter 6. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, listen to what he said, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us who were, as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. What is he saying? He says, look, he goes on. <laughs> There's more. He said, for if we have been united together in his likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in his likeness of his resurrection. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body. He will enable you to stand against the fiery darts of the wicked one and run your race. Sin no longer has dominion. He goes on. I love what he said. He goes on. He says, uh, where am, I, where am I at? He said, knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin, listen, might be done away with. Don't tell me this is the way you am. Paul said right there, if you've been united with Christ, that's not who you are. He goes on and says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. And do not present your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not, everybody say shall not, shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. There it is. Sin shall not have dominion over us. We Sin, I like that. I'm no longer a slave. You know why? Because I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a dead man walking, dead in my trespasses and sin. I'm no longer captive to the old man. I'm a child of God. I died with him. Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, for I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the, the life that I now live by uh, is, is life that I live now by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's who we are. i got to close. Guys, come on back. That's who we are. Friend, we have the power today to totally alter our lives. We can start the weight loss today. We can start the weight loss. Over the next few weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to tackle some very specific things that weigh us down and hinder our journey. Again, we probably will talk about some things that are sinful. We'll talk about some things that are not sinful. But we're gonna, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us to find out those things that hold us back. How many of you have ever, in your quest to lose weight, have gone to see a nutritionist or somebody like that and said, hey, sit down and tell me. Show me. I, uh, they tell me that, uh, you know, weight loss, and it's kind of an odd thing. They tell me I don't eat enough. Now imagine that. I still like pie. But they tell me I don't eat enough. I, I, uh, I'm a very active individual. I, uh, I consume about 15, roughly about 1,500 calories a day. I, I, I just eat and I'm, I'm full. 
I eat about 1,500 calories a day. But through the gym and Krav Maga, I burn about 3,500 calories a day. And they're trying to convince me. They say, but you don't understand. Your body needs fuel to function. Your body has to have and consume a certain amount of, you have to have a certain amount of caloric intake to be able to feed your body so it can function. And when you go in that deprivation mode, your body converts everything and holds on to it because it doesn't know when it's going to be fed again. That's one of the hardest things to get through my brain because I'm thinking if I eat less, I won't, I won't gain weight. I'll lose weight. The only point to that is this. Over the next few weeks, we're going to increase our appetite for this. And if you're carrying excess weight right now spiritually over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sit down at the master's table and we're going to start feeding on his word, the bread of his word. And in consuming more calories from the word, our bodies will become, and, and that's what they tell me. They say, if you'll get your, your intake where it needs to be, your body will become a lean, mean, calorie-burning machine. Yeah. I'm still trying to convince myself because after 15 chicken legs, I'm just tired of chicken. <laughs> what I'm saying is that some of you here today may be saying the same thing. You know what, Pastor, I've read the Bible. I've been, in I've been a Christian for 50 years or 30 years or 10, what, however long, it doesn't really matter. But here's the thing. Maybe, just maybe, your caloric intake is not where it needs to be. Maybe you've not been feasting as you should on the Word. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about it. And we're going to look at specific things that weigh us down and hinder our journey. But it all begins today as we close. It begins today. And here's how it begins. It begins by acknowledging that I'm carrying excess weight that I need to get off. Again, I'm talking spiritual. It's by acknowledging that there's something holding me back spiritually and I need to get rid of it. And I want to be open to whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I want to be receptive to the word that's going to come out every week over the next few weeks. You know, whether it's anger, bitterness, resentment, whether it's worry, whatever it is. I don't want, here's what happens, though. We tend to tune it out because we start saying, well, I'm not really that bad. You know, it's like, well, I know I've already had three donuts, but one more is not going to hurt me. Right? Don't we do that? Don't we rationalize? We sit there knowing that we're weighed down with all kinds of things. We say, you know, I'm not, I'm not really that bad. If you keep thinking like that, you'll never get to where you need to be. So today, as we close, go ahead and stand with me. That way you know I'm serious. Today, start by acknowledging, you know what, preacher, I do have, I have some weights. Again, weights are not necessarily sinful. They could be, but they're not necessarily sinful. They're just, they're, they may be routines that you've gotten into. Habits that you've formed that you need to break. Listen, I, I want 2023. God's already started 2023 in a very powerful fashion by declaring his name all across sports arenas around this country and around the world to where now 
You know what what the Bible says? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Now you have people that didn't believe in God are seeing the results of God on a man that was dead on the ball field. God started 2023 in a very powerful fashion. What I'm saying is, Lord, now do something among us. Do something in here. Alter this so that we can change this. Listen, I'm ready for the next generation to experience the power of God. I'm ready for our sons and our daughters. He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Wouldn't it be wonderful as we close out a Sunday morning service to see the youth group walk in here, our youth that are here, and begin to speak powerful words, a prophetic word over the body? Wouldn't it be wonderful that our children in beefy kids class right now, you go over there to get them and they're dreaming dreams and and seeing visions of what God can do. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have the kids come over and lay hands on some of us old folks that have been in the way for 50 years, let them come in here and start laying and praying prayers of innocent faith. It could be this year, but I got to throw off some things and run my race. So say, sing this morning, here's all I'm going to do. If you're here today, you say, you know what, Pastor, I recognize. Maybe that's what's been going, been happening with me. Maybe I've got things that have built up on me, and I've slowed down in my journey. I've slowed my race down. And I'm not, please don't equate running your race with more activity. That's not what I'm saying. But you know what I'm talking about. You slow down. You're not, you know, used to be the first one here and the last one to leave. You should be quick to be on the prayer. You understand what I'm saying? They're just things that we're not doing today. Listen, if there was ever a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are right now, you need, you need to get back in the race. And it starts today. Pastor, I'm here to say I need, I need some things off of me. Maybe you got an ill feeling against somebody. Maybe somebody hurt your feelings. You know what? It's time to shake that stuff off and say, all right, I'm going to start running my race. As they sing this morning, if you're here today, say, Pastor, I'm ready to acknowledge that there's some things slowing me down. I want you to take a step out while they sing, and I want you to come down and say, you know what? I'm going to lay it down. See, it's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Lay aside every weight and sin. Go ahead. Lord, every dream all I've ever hoped for only you can do that. I can't do it for you. Promises you spoke. Do you acknowledge that you've got some weights? Come on down. Say, Lord, I give this to you right now. I, I give you my hurt. I give you my disappointments. And not forgot. In spite of what I feel or what I see. I'm going to ask this well. Some of our prayer team that's here, if you see somebody up here and you're prompted by the Lord, I want you to come. I want you to come stand with them. I want you to come and pray with them. Listen, you're not in this by yourself. This is a body. This is the family of God. Let's work together. I've covenanted of this that I will see your goodness in the land of the living. In the land of the living, one thing will never change. My hope is in your name. Because you are living, because you are living. 
give him all of it. It's your day to start running your race. Lord, we lay aside, we throw off. You are creator and redeemer. You take the broken things and make it new. So while you're working, while I'm waiting, I will sing the song and sing my praise to
I like that. Because he's living. We sing that song, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I like to sing it like this, because he lives, I can face right now. Because today's got enough to worry about anyway, right? If I wake up tomorrow, I'll worry about tomorrow, but I'll still trust him. Listen, as we close this morning, if you, if you started today the journey, throwing off, acknowledge that you've got weights, don't take them out with you. Leave them here. Now that may mean that in the morning you still have that feeling, but we live by faith, not by feeling. So by faith, you've left that here. So confess that when you get up in the morning. When the devil wants to lay that back on, you say, no, 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 no. Yesterday, I laid that down, and I'm not picking it up again. Whatever it is, you laid it down now, don't pick it up and run your race. And let's watch what God will do. God, renew your works in 2023. Come down and kiss the earth and let us be in the middle of the smack. Father, today I love you so much. And I thank you for what you're going to do. You started today in us. You who began a good work will be faithful. What you started today, Lord, may we walk out of here not laden down, not heavy laden, but may we walk out free, unencumbered, unhindered. May we walk out of here knowing that we can run our race by laying aside those things that ensnare us. Lord, when that temptation is to take that weight back on, may we stop it right there and say, no, I laid it down. And may we fight it every single day until we have the victory. Because through you, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. To go with us today, may we walk in your victory. And each day should you, Terry, run our race marked out for us, looking to Jesus. The focus of our lives is Jesus. And help us have a great week. Give us a great day, I pray. I bless each family, each home. Lord, I ask you to, Lord, just whatever their hands put, are put to do, may it prosper, and may they be in good health today. Go with us today, I pray. I love and bless each one in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. I love you very much, and God bless you.
Were the 